0: Welcome to our third talk. The Word of the Lord, which I spoke of in the first talk, deep within my being, has been there from the beginning of creation all through the time now as we go through the ups and downs of COVID uh, disasters and COVID suffering. The Word of God has been with us individually and collectively. The Word of God is Jesus Christ Himself who has walked with us through this darkness and inviting us to come into the light, walked through us with the darkness of poverty and isolation, walked with us through the darkness of loneliness, walked with us through the darkness of having lost a dear one or even lost a job, walked with us through the estrangements that we have experienced sometimes within family, sometimes with friends, because of our attitude towards the vaccination. Some insist on double vaccination, some are anti-vaxxers. And through all this darkness, the Word of God is there inviting us to come into the light. And Jesus Christ has given us a person that will help us in our everyday life, a person like you and me, a person that is human. Mary, the mother of God. Carrie Landry has sang that beautiful song, Gentle Woman, Quiet Light, morning star, so strong and bright, gentle mother, peaceful dove, teach us wisdom teach us love. And so I based my third talk on Luke chapter 2 verse 19 which says Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Mary had the word of God deep within her being. Mary had walked through darkness, walked in the light. And Mary pondered all these apparent contradiction, these mysteries of God working in her life as she herself had said yes to God. She had said, the the Almighty has done great things for me and so my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. But that did not prevent her from experiencing the darkness that all of us experience from the realities of everyday life. And I'd like to take you through some of the darkness that Mary had so that you and I can experience and realize that it is not something that is extraordinary. It is something that is very ordinary in our everyday life. I want to start off with a quotation from Isaiah. Isaiah, who speaks about Mary, and he simply says in chapter 7, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, a young woman is with child and will bear a son, and will name him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Seems so nice, so copacetic, so beautiful, and yet in this small little story we see the Word of God present and yet the Word of God is surrounded with darkness. I want to ponder these beautiful things in the joyful mysteries of the Rosary as you and I call them joyful mysteries, but they were really a cross on Mary's shoulders. But before that, this Sister Mary, Sister Irene Zimmerman, the sister of St. Francis living in Wisconsin, has written this beautiful, beautiful poem about how Mary took care of the child. And the words are simply this She saw his first steps, she had seen him fall, she had heard him cry not from pain, but from shock. She had lifted him up. She had set him back on his feet. He had walked bow-legged to keep his balance. And then he ran. Now this is simply the story of Jesus as a child. And this brings to us this beautiful story of how Mary walked through darkness and has been for us a model for each one of us. Isaiah says that the sense of hopelessness is an integral part of the darkness that surrounds us. Hopelessness that you and I have experienced. We have gone to a shop looking out for some item, an item that is difficult to get, and as we reach there, we find somebody has just walked away with the very last item on the shelf. A sense of hopelessness. Or we have gone to a, a bureau in order to get a license and as we get to the door, we find, sorry, there are enough of people inside and we cannot receive any more. Come back tomorrow. And we come back tomorrow and we reach the d- the desk and they said, you've got all the documents except one and that is essential. You have to go back. That sense of utter hopelessness. You can't do anything about it. And yet, these are not life-changing hopelessness. This is not life-changing darkness. Think about the refugee and the immigrant who has sold everything, converted them into precious dollars, put them in a suitcase, and walked and trudged miles, sometimes to be robbed of all their savings, sometimes reaching the border and being turned back. The utter hopelessness that is life-changing. Think about third world countries with patients in the ICU and suddenly they are told there is no oxygen, not even on the black black market. They've run short of it and they're dying just because they don't have oxygen. And then we come to our first world country like Canada and we do have that darkness even here. People who need dialysis treatment twice a week, people who are waiting for transplant, liver transplant, kidney transplant, lung transplant. And these medical procedures had to be put on hold because the ICU has been filled. And we look and we are utterly in dis- despair almost. I don't want to list all these things because I know personally people who have been turned back. And it brings me, even as I share this with you, to a sense of hopelessness. So who do I turn to? I turn to the Word of God deep within my being who has called me to walk, walk in the light. And on the cross, while he was apparently in darkness, he gives us a person called Mary. She pondered all these things. And as I said, let us walk with her through this beautiful, joyful mysteries. The joyful mysteries which uh, are so happy and full of hope. But for Mary, there were a whole lot of contradictions where she could not figure out what to do and what were the answers. And so we are told she pondered these in her heart. The beautiful story of the Annunciation, the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said that she would be the mother of the Most High God. And Mary said yes to that invitation. And here was a teenager, probably pregnant. How was she going to explain this pregnancy to Joseph, to whom she was betrothed? How was she going to explain this pregnancy to her own parents, Anna and Joachim? How was she going to explain this pregnancy to her friends, girls of her own age? You and I have known so many teenage pregnancies. Perhaps some of you might have undergone it yourself. That sense of isolation, that sense of loneliness, that sense of fear that creates a darkness around that person. And Mary does not despair but she ponders these things in her heart. And then a word went out from Caesar Augustus that a census had to be taken. And so Mary and Joseph leave Nazareth and go all the way down to Bethlehem. This is a God whose, whose son of the Most High God is going to be born of Mary. He has organized the planets he has organized this world the mercury and mars and the earth and saturn and pluto and neptune are all revolving around in a beautiful harmony and order could he not have ordered that the census should be made after the child was born then it would have been more it would have been easier but no it's right in the middle of all that just before it was time for her to give birth to the child and Mary pondered these things in her heart and then they go down to Bethlehem and because there is no room in the inn she has given birth to the son of the Most High in a manger and once again there is the question. Here is a God that has made the mountains and the seas the vast vast expanses and here in Canada we know the vast expanse from Manitoba through Saskatchewan all the way to Alberta all this plain with plenty of room and there was no room in the inn. How incredible! You know that today if you go to any hotel No matter how many, even if it is absolutely full, there is always one room for the VIP. And who could be more important, very important person than Jesus himself? But the innkeeper didn't know about that. And today, if you go to any hotel with a little bit of cash exchange, you can get a room no matter how full and no matter how packed the season is. And Mary must have wondered how come the Son of the Most High God had to be born in a manger. And Mary pondered these things in her heart. And the child grew probably around a year, a year and a half, two years. Joseph and Mary finally go into the city of Bethlehem where they have a small house and then... One night, Joseph is told in a dream, King Herod seeks the life of this child. And so in the middle of the night, he is told to take the mother and child and flee all the way. Here we have the first story of a refugee family, of an immigrant family, seeking a better life, a safer life in another country altogether. There have been lots of stories in the Old Testament, but this is the very first in the New Testament. How could it happen that just Jesus who wanted and came that we may have life is now in fear and danger of his own life? How is it possible that Jesus who is going to proclaim the kingdom of God, Jesus who will be crowned as King and Lord of all creation, is at the mercy of a petty king in a petty kingdom. And Mary pondered these things in her heart. And the fifth joyful mystery. And when they returned from the temple in Jerusalem and had gone a day, they realized that Jesus was not with them. And so they returned to to Jerusalem and when they found Jesus, he was in the middle of the temple authorities speaking. And Mary said, why did you do this to us? To us, Your father and I have been worried. And Jesus gives that, that 12-year-old gives that enigmatic answer. Why did you seek for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Mary must have pondered all these things in a heart here was a good shepherd who would be seeking after the lost sheep and the lost sheep himself was lost and mary pondered all these things in her heart let me go back to irene zimmerman irene zimmerman is now telling us in that same poem about jesus's public life. Mary had lifted him when, as a baby, he had fallen. But now he ran. He walked the hills of Galilee. His face was set to Jerusalem. He walked. But now he walks the road to Calvary. He begins to cry, but not from shock, but from pain. She will not wipe his face. She will let Veronica do that. Jesus falls, but she cannot pick him up this time. He rises once again. She has taught him well. She has taught him how to get up. And so I will go to just two incidents in Jesus' public life. To show how Mary pondered these things right until the time when Jesus had to walk the road of Calvary. And even before he did, she was walking the way of the cross. The first incident I would like to speak is the very first miracle according to John, or he calls it a sign, the wedding feast of Cana. And then the wine runs short. And she probably, the most sober of all of them, realizes the wine is short. And so she goes up to Jesus and says, they have no wine. And Jesus gives that enigmatic answer again, very similar to the answer that he gave as a 12-year-old. Woman, what concern is this of mine? My hour has not yet come. Mary pondered these things in her heart and did not doubt. Because she was walking in the light, she refused to remain in the darkness. And so she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. Was Mary the wedding planner? How did she go about doing all these things? And she pondered these things in her heart, knowing full well that the word of God in her heart, her son Jesus Christ, would lead her from the darkness into the light. And the second incident that I would like to give you is Jesus is working (coughs) day and night, working ceaselessly, working using all his energy. And he is tired. He is in a house speaking to his disciples, Mary and... uh, Her relatives come because they think that Jesus has stretched too far. Perhaps we can take him home and give him some rest, feed him some chicken soup and put some flesh on his bones and perhaps he'll be all right to carry on with his ministry. She picked him up as a child. Now as an adult, she wants to reach out to him. And she hears that enigmatic answer. When they tell Jesus, your mother and your brothers and sisters are looking out for you, Jesus says, And who are my mother, my brother, and my sisters? Those who hear the word of God and do it. Mary had heard the word of God. Mary had done it. But this enigmatic answer, she had to ponder these things in her heart. What was she to make with it? There were no answers, no solutions. But she knew that she could trust, and she could trust in the Lord. Trust that this word of God, deep within her heart, would finally make sense. I would like to carry on because uh, we can go on with the whole passion and death, but that is a whole reflection in itself. We could speak about Mary for hours on end. But Irene Zimmerman has explained the whole of the nativity scene in a very short poem, very succinct and to the point. And she speaks about the nativity in these words. Homeless that first night, one more statistic to add to the census, one more mouth to feed. Only the shepherds having nothing to lose except a little sleep, came to see. And so we carry on with this Mother of God, gentle woman, so strong and brave, teach us wisdom, teach us love. You who had the word of the Lord deep within your being, help us to walk, walk in the light. I would like to end with a song that was written by Mariam Winters, uh, which is called um, The Medical Mission Sisters. She's still alive, I think, out in Winnipeg. And she sings this little beautiful song. Come down, Lord, the world is ill. Wracked with blood, share the live long day. We must struggle for peace until you show the way, you show the way. Lord, do not come to our house, we are unworthy. Speak, and the promise is sealed. For when your word, O oh God, is spoken, we shall be healed. We shall be healed. The word of the Lord deep within our being invites us to walk, walk in the light and we shall be healed. We shall be healed. God bless you all.